good evening. I'm The point I would like to discuss is America, the United States of America, the country that you live in, the country that I was born in, and the country that we are now sitting. Now, I would like to discuss two points. First of all, the importance of Torah in America, the necessity for us to train our children in Torah, and the necessity for us, each and every one of us as an individual, to learn Torah. Men and women, of course women learn Torah to their capacity, but the idea of Torah, importance of Torah in America. The second discussion will be about Tzniyas, which is something which was the reason why I gave all the introduction. I'm not trying to introduce ideas Halakhically, or practical speaking, I would like to discuss something which bothers me very much. Now, let us come to the first discussion. <clears throat> now, when I talk about Torah, the importance of learning Torah in America, its specialty in the United States, in the country that we live, I would like to introduce an idea and again, please think it over intellectually. <clears throat> I do not refer to the idea of Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit meaning mitzvahs, maizim toivim. I am talking about Torah, the specific act and deed of learning Torah. Now, <clears throat> There is a very fundamental Yisoyt foundation in Judaism and Yiddishkeit. And the Ramam says it in these words. Teva ha'odam limshoich achar svivov. The nature of a person is that he is, he, he gets, limshoich, <coughs> how should we say limshoich? He's drawn after his surroundings. And the Rambam used very sharp words. Teva ha'odam. Teva means nature. You cannot fight with nature. We have not found a way to invent that the sun, a, a, a way that the sun should rise in the west and set in the east. You cannot fight with nature. You can maneuver nature. You cannot fight with nature. You cannot make two and two should be thirteen, even though we get we got very far mathematics, and you cannot fight with the Rambam saying teva ha'adam limshachachasvivov. The nature of a person is drawn after his surroundings. Now this is a problem that the Jewish people had all through the generations, and the Torah says vayisarvu bagoyim vayilmudu maaseim. And they mingled with the nations and they learned from their deeds. And I think that we here don't have to express ourselves that in our country, our society, it's a very special problem. Never was there such a low society as we have today in our modern generation. If you walk through the streets, you see the emblems on people's shirts. 
I don't think that any any sane halfway decent person can quote the quotes that we see every day to the tens to the hundreds if we go and we hear a guy that we happen to have uh, let's say parked in front of him and he gets angry now when he erupts his anger I don't think any decent human being or decent animal can discuss what he discusses in one minute every three words etc etc and I don't think in this honorable uh, gathering we have to repeat it we live in a society that never was this such a society of loneliness never was this such a, 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 a society that dedicated themselves to absolutely tivus absolutely just body inclin inclinations no machshove when you meet a guy in the street you can't say you know let's talk it over he just the only word he says is so what I don't care get out of here there's no such thing as sense no such thing as understanding we live in a society where I do I, do I have to discuss the society we live in I don't think it's a I don't think it's necessary is there a society and the Rambam tells us that by nature if two and two is four and you can't fight it you will be drawn and you will absorb what your surroundings are this is nature and nature the Kuzri says the word Hateva the Gematria the numerical va value is the Gematria Ho Elohim excuse me Hateva Elohim figure it out there's a hey in one of the not in the other which means nature is created by Hashem by God you cannot fight Hashem you can't fight God and you cannot fight nature and you cannot fight this fact that we absorb what is going on around us <clears throat> now there is one now there is a how should I how should I say it I'll show you an instance I'll show you a case where I as a person will not be drawn after my uh, uh, after my surroundings let's not talk about my personal self I have a friend who has a chicken farm in Tifrach a, ch <coughs> a chicken farm and every day he spends hours with the chickens He's, he spreads out feed he gathers the eggs and he never had an inclin a feeling an inclination to go into the chicken coop and say kukuruku <laughs> and the question is well doesn't the Rambam say teva ha'odam it's the nature of the human to be absorbing his surroundings I never saw someone who could spend hours some people the jobs is the job is to feed animals they can spend hours in the zoo they won't roar like a lion they won't become animalistic they can remain their humanity with its completeness we were not taught not to have domestic animals as something which Jews, Jews always had and we're not going to become Moshe Rabbeinu was a shepherd and so was David HaMelech and so were the, the, all the Shvatim 
and they did not become nimshachachas fever. <laughs> they weren't. They didn't absorb the traits of their of their domestic animal surroundings. And the answer is, teva ha'adam nimshachachas vivav. The nature of a person that he absorbs his surroundings is when he has contact with his surroundings, when there's something in common. But if you live in a surrounding that you have absolutely no contact and you have nothing in common, then you will not be drawn to them. Human being and an animal are so far apart that the, the nature of absorbing and of being nimshach and of being drawn after your surroundings does not apply when there is an actual factual difference in the mitzvahs and the being of these two beings. Are you with me, Rabbi Sam? I once heard, I once heard from a Rebbe of mine, I will quote his name, his name is Lezer Hurajeski. I don't know if you people heard of him. He was a, 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 a Talmud Chochem uh, in the Yeshiva's base of Talmud in Benzenhurst. He was from the old Mir Talmudim. There's a famous Pasik that when Parai asked Moshe Rabbeinu to be mispalel and to stop the, the Makos and the Torah says Ketsesi min ha'ir when I will go out of the city, I will spread out my hands to Hashem and I will pray. And Rashi says, why did Moshe Rabbeinu says, I will go out of the city? Why couldn't he pray in Mitzrayim? And Rashi says, because Mitzrayim was a place full of gilulim, full of idol worshipping, and it was full of tumah, uncleanliness, and he couldn't pray in Mitzrayim. But say, see, when I leave, when I leave it, I will go out of the town in a clean atmosphere and I will pray I heard from this Talmud Chochem that there is a Medrash I never saw it in the Medrash I never heard there such a Medrash but I heard from him if it's not a Medrash then probably it comes from a big, from, some, from one of one of the Mepharshim HaKadosh Baruch Hu had criticized Moshe for this for these words but say simen ha'ir you have to go out of the town you could not pray to Hashem within the town because the town was full of gilulim full of idols and Hashem said I HaKadosh Baruch Hu va'avarti be'eretz Mitzrayim and I will go through the land of Egypt you remember that that, that wonderful night Leil Pesach HaKadosh Baruch Hu says va'avarti be'eretz Mitzrayim I will go through the land of Egypt. And Hashem said, when I went through Hashem Mitzrayim, did Mitzrayim affect me? Hashem Mitzrayim did not affect Hashem. It should not affect you. Why do you have to leave Mitzrayim? You should be able to dive in Mitzrayim. It was a criticism of Moshe Rabbeinu. Again, of course, we don't, we don't criticize Moshe Rabbeinu, but it's Hashem's criticism of Moshe Rabbeinu. When Hashem went to Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, it's, it's hard for us to say the words, Mitzrayim didn't affect Hashem. Why? Because the vast difference between Hashem and Mitzrayim, the difference is so vast that there is no contact between Hashem and Mitzrayim. Hashem can be in Mitzrayim 
and it doesn't have any impact on Hashem. I mean, it's, it's hard for us to describe. And Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, why did the idols of Mitzrayim, why did they, what, why did you have to leave Mitzrayim? They disturb you? They disturb your Kedusha? Do chickens disturb you? Do, do, do cows disturb you? Do sheep disturb you? Why do the idols of Mitzrayim? You should be so far and elevated. And the distance from the idols of Mitzrayim, it shouldn't disturb you. You should be able to damage Manasseh in Mitzrayim. Hashem says, I, I'm in Mitzrayim. If Hashem wouldn't be in Mitzrayim, there wouldn't be Mitzrayim. Hashem is in Mitzrayim, in the depths of Mitzrayim, and we can say, Ani Hashem, Loishonisi. I don't change. And Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, you should be the same. Now, <clears throat> there is a very special There's a very special capacity to the idea of learning Torah over all mitzvahs. Now, to elaborate on this subject will take a lot of time. But we hear, hear quotations. We hear quotations which we don't understand. To understand and to explain is the depths of Kabbalah. The depths and the secrets of Torah. But we Jewish people don't always have to understand. When we eat matzah on the Pesach, when we take the lulav on, on Sukkot, we don't understand. Why a lemon? Why a esrig and not an orange? It's Hashem's commandment. We accept Hashem's commandment and we accept the Torah words. And I feel that I can quote in this audience, words of Torah, and without the necessity to explain. But there are expressions in Chazal, and especially in Zayr HaKadosh, brought down by the Nefesh HaChayim, of the specialty of Torah, of all mitzvahs. And the expressions go as, Yisrael v'oiraisa kuchibarichu chad, the Nefesh of Am Yisrael, and the Torah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are united. Torah da Kuchibrichu. The learning of Torah is the expression of learning of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Chazal say these wonderful words. Odom moicher chayfetz lechaveroi. If I sell you a chayfetz, if I sell you an item, let's say I sold you a car. I have a car. I bought, let's say, Let's make it different. I bought a car from you. I walked into your house and I gave it $2,000 and I say, please give me the car. So you give me the keys. I say, no, I don't want the keys. Would you please drive me to drive? I have to drive the car. So you say, I sold you the car. I didn't sell you myself. If you sell an item, do you sell the owner? I will HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, when you buy Torah, 
You are buying, you are, you are grasping me. You, you, you are koina Kodesh Baruch There's a very special, specialty in, in being koina, in the kingdom of Torah, that you're koina Kodesh Baruch Now, exactly how this manifests, how this works and how this is understood, I don't think it's necessary in today's discussion to explain. But that is the fact. Torah is a Kodesh Baruch The learning of Torah is the Ratzon Hashem, the will of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Mitzvahs bring us to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Mitzvahs unite us with a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Torah is the learning of a Kodesh Baruch Hu himself. And that is why there are certain circumstances when Torah and only Torah solve the problem. There are many forms of greatness in the Jewish people. There were tzaddikim, there were chassidim, there were yirei shamayim, there were people who had love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rabbi Sai, I'm, I'm going to, again, intellectually, are there tzaddikim today? Now, don't bombard me. Are there tzaddikim today? What? But these 36 are hiding out. Of course there are tzaddikim, but, but in comparison, but in the true form of a tzaddik. In our generation, I'm not saying of course there are very, very special yechidim. But the, the idea of a tzaddik, do you know what a tzaddik means? Let, 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 me, let me define the word tzaddik. Chazal say, Chazal say, Tzadikim Yetzertoiv Shoiftam. A tzaddik is a person who his Yetzertoiv, his good inclination, governs him. Russia is somebody who his evil inclination governs him. A Bainani is someone who has a fight. In other words, a tzaddik is a person, when he sees a bottle of soda on the table, he has trained himself through his life that he feels an inclination to drink soda if it's healthy. Just the fact that it tastes good means nothing to him. Good tasting is a tzaddik. It, 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 it's a horror, am I right? A tzaddik, yeitzah toif shayftam. He sees a bottle of soda. Is it healthy? Is it, are there vitamins? Is this a bottle of milk? Then he feels he should drink it. If it has a nice color, he looks at it like poison. It will be a bottle of poison on, 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 would you, would you, would you feel it? You're thirsty? You want to drink it? But I'm on, on a diet? Now, if you're on a diet, then you're a Benini. Then the Yitzhahar and the Yitzhah are fighting. But a Tzadik Islam doesn't think about his diet. If it's not healthy, it doesn't talk to him. He, he walks by an ice cream parlor. He walks by a kosher pizza shop. He sees, he sees it says McDonald's. It doesn't talk to him because he's a tzaddik. If it's not beneficiary to his health, do, you, do anybody here know a tzaddik? Of course our husband, your, your husbands are all tzaddikim. I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle anybody, but the true form of tzaddik, do we have a tzaddik today? 
Do we have a chosid today? A chosid is a higher madrege of a tzaddik. A chosid is someone who was past being a tzaddik. Let's not discuss what a chosid is. Do we have someone who is Yerei Shemayim? Do you know what Yerei Shemayim means? Let me tell you what Yerei Shemayim means. Yerei Shemayim means... Now, I have nothing against Mrs. Mrs. Gottlieb's soda. So let's change it. Let's not call it soda. Let's leave the soda alone, alright? By the way, if anybody wants a drink, please help yourself. There's nothing wrong with the seltzer, and there's and uh, there's nothing wrong with the with the soda. Also, if you make a good bracha, maybe there is, huh? Maybe there is. Yeah, but let's not but let's not discuss the the problem of soda at this at this discussion. I think we're going to go off the subject, and it's, it's not the discussion. Do you know what a yereshamayim is? A yereshamayim means as follows: Imagine we have a plate of ice cream. We have a plate of ice cream. Ice cream is is good, it's delicious. Sometimes it might be even healthy if it depends how how they made it. Whatever the case is, and across the street there is an insane asylum, and a mashigan comes comes running across the street, and there are two doctors running after him, and he walks by, and he says, "There's poison in this ice cream," and he goes further. And he's pushing, he's pushing, he's completely, he's completely, completely uncompetent of what he's talking about. You're not going to eat ice cream. <laughs> you know, it's nothing wrong with it, but I'm just not hungry. Because if you have one in a billion that is going to harm you, then you wouldn't touch it. And when you pick, when you go into a store and you read through the ingredients, <laughs> And you want to see if it's kosher, and th- and you're not a chemist. Three quarters of the ingredients, well, that's probably all right. That's probably all right. And you see that it's called and either it's called Coca-Cola, and a C is close to a K, and K means kosher. And you eat, you drink, you eat it. A Yerushalmi means that if it's not kosher, it's poison. Do you know Yerushalmi? Do you know anybody who could say he is Yerushalayim? If it's a word of Lashon Hara, is a stab in the stomach. That's what Yerushalayim means. Do you? Of course, we don't talk Lashon Hara and we eat kosher. I'm not trying to belittle, but in the true concept of tzaddik, is do we have tzaddik? The true, the true concept of Yerushalayim, fear of heaven. Do we have Yerushalayim? Not to talk about higher inspirations of Avas Hashem, the love of Hashem. David Melech loved Hashem. David Melech had a problem. David Melech couldn't sleep. He had a problem. He couldn't sleep. He just tossed and turned. His heart was burning. Hashem. Hashem. The beauty of Hashem, the greatness of Hashem, the closeness of Hashem. He just couldn't sleep. He tossed and he turned and he tried to take. He just couldn't sleep. He was burning with the love of Hashem. That was David Amelech. But all through the generations, people opened the Siddur, they, they just they went wild. Halus Hashem and Hashemayim. They saw the sun, they saw the moon, they saw the beauty of the world. They saw their own being. They saw the, the, the beauty that Kodesh Baruch Hu gave us. 
When Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave them, them their, their food, their air, their families, they just they just they just went wild. Do we have lovers of Hashem today? Do we have Yirei Hashem today? What do we have today? Do you know what we have today? We have Talmid Chachamim. Let me ask you, do we have people learning Torah today? Yes. Now, I think that my my, my, my my power of speech explained why we have no tzaddik. Can I explain to you why we have no people learning Torah? And what about children doing yeshiva? They play patsy, they learn Torah. And right now we're all learning Torah. I don't know how much how much you people are going to become tzaddikis out of this evening. I don't know how much Yerushimai you're going to get from this evening, but we're learning Torah. This is discussion of Torah. Why Torah? And the answer is, because it's tzaddik, and the Yerushimayim, and the Oye of Hashem, is a, is a, a trait in a person, and the atmosphere and our surroundings are so penetrating, they ruined us. They absolutely ruined us. There's no tzaddik, and there's no chosid, and there's no kodosh. But the only thing they couldn't touch is our Torah. You know why? Because Torah is Hashem. Learning of Torah has in itself such holiness that there is no depth, there is no Tumah that can penetrate and can belittle the power of learning Torah. And the words of the of the word to quote the words of Chazal, Divrei Torah, ain't a makablim tumah. Divrei Torah, do not makabel tumah. Could anybody translate the word makabel tumah? Or is there, is there a need for translation? Is there a need for translation? Divrei Torah, ain't a makabel tumah. Everything is makabel tumah. There are times in the previous generations when it was also for a person to do mitzvahs, to do to daven, until he tabled himself in a mikveh, but not Torah. Torah has in itself such capacity of Kedusha. And when we When we live in, a, in an environment, when we live in a surrounding, that everything is so shut, that that the tumor is so penetrating, we the only way we can hold or hold ourselves Yiddish, and I'm saying this with the utmost clarity, the only way we can remain Yiddish, we can remain with our bare Judaism, is only with learning Torah. I firmly believe that a hundred years ago, a Yidin Ashtetl could be a pure Amoritz. The truth is, the historians tell us that they were. I personally don't believe it. I'm not convinced. But they tell us that they were Yidin Tzaddikim who were illiterate, didn't know how to read. I don't know if it's true, but that's what history tells us. I don't believe it's possible today. Because in the atmosphere of Kedusha, 
You can keep the mitzvahs without learning Torah. In an atmosphere of Tumah, Tumah destroys everything. The only thing he cannot penetrate is Torah. Because Torah, Dokot Shebirich, Torah is HaKadosh Baruch. And this is the first message that I want to give of the importance in our generation of learning Torah. Now I'd like to continue the second discussion. And this is the discussion that I'm afraid might arouse your anger. But I would like to, I'd like to hear your opinion on what I'm going to discuss now. Am I boring today? No? <laughs> I'm going to start straight, no, straight with a punch. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what bothers me. Now, everything I had said until now was introduction. But even, even if, it, if it, it won't be an introduction, I had said a very important message and I hope that you heard it. But now what I'm going to say now is a discussion. Let's, let's make it a freelance discussion. Give me five, ten minutes to, to tell you what bothers me. And to have certain suggestions, not in a practical way, but an intellectual way. And I'm willing to, to fight it out. Yes, you can. Um, really, I, I don't understand your point. The point I said not, until now. Yeah, you knock um, the Gaish world that we live in. You knock the fact that there are, we don't have truths that we can very pessimistic, very negative way of looking at things. You talked about how important learning Torah is, which is very obvious to everyone over here. Just, I recognize that you have a very important point, but I'm missing it. You're missing but, the yeah. point. So I'll tell you what the point is. The point is as follows. The point is as follows. There is, there is Yiddishkeit and there is a Talmud Chochem. All through the generations, the idea of learning was, was, was special for rabbis. Special for rabbis. Rabbis learned. The layman didn't have to learn. The women didn't have to learn. I was trying to bring out, in our generation, if you don't learn, you can't be Jewish. You follow? Yes. That's all. Yes, I didn't pick that up. I'm sorry. It wasn't, it wasn't expe- I didn't explain? I, I, I didn't huh? Now you understand what I was trying to bring out. If you don't learn, you can't be Jewish. So I'm saying why? Because when you were tzaddikim around, then you could be a tzaddik. When you were shemaim, you could be very shemaim. But where's the tzaddik and where's the were shemaim? Everything is shot. Why is it shot? You know why it's shot? Because of our surroundings. What can remain is Torah. Because Torah is so elevated that no, no loneliness and no tumor can penetrate, can ruin our Torah. Our Torah will always remain. Because Torah de Kuchibrich, as long as the Kuchibrich is here, Torah is here. Through Torah we come to mitzvahs, we do mitzvahs, we have tzaddikim also, but it's only with the power of Torah. If you don't learn Torah today, then you're in trouble. And I have experience. I, don't, I didn't want to go into the subject, I just wanted to tell you, I have experience, you should know. Where I live, I don't know what's going on in the United States. There's a, today the Chuva movement is extremely the Chuva movement, Chuva. and I'm telling you from my experience. I don't a, a, a family, a person who was completely non-religious, who was out in the secular world, and becomes about Chuva. If he doesn't sit down onto yeshiva, or if she doesn't dedicate herself to learning for a certain period of time, at least for a few months, it is almost impossible for them to remain religious. In the end, they'll fall back. There's nothing to hold them. In the end, they'll fall back. If 
he goes into a yeshiva for a certain amount of time. If he dedicates himself to a certain amount of learning, learning, studying Torah, he can hold his Yiddishkeit. But today you cannot hold Yiddishkeit without learning. I was trying to explain why. Because our surroundings are so penetrating that they destroy everything. The only thing they can destroy is Torah. Because Torah is Hashem. Torah is godliness. Torah, learning Torah is the learning of Hashem. And therefore, in our generation, it's more important and more imperative for every Jew to learn Torah. Men or women. I'm not saying women should learn Gemara. But with the halachas, but they should, they should dedicate themselves to a certain amount of learning, of studying. And therefore, our children, our children, if we want to guarantee their Yiddishkeit, their Yiddishkeit, I'm not talking about they becoming Bitamid Chachamim. We want to guarantee the Yiddishkeit. The only thing that can guarantee Yiddishkeit in our generation is Torah. And greatness of Torah. Dedication to Torah. Because everything else can, can, can be shot. Torah cannot, Torah cannot be destroyed. I picked up a Jewish observer today. And I want to tell you, there was a, a, a father of an of a, of a eighth, eighth grader, an eighth grader who was graduating. And he was describing his, his, his tsar and his agony that he had to participate in the graduation. And uh, his, his daughter and his wife and his, everyone around, aren't you going to see your daughter marching down the, the aisle? So he describes that he had to sit by the graduation. And he heard a 14-year-old girl selling a valedictorium address, etc., etc. And he was complaining. He says, what are fathers? I suggest that the fathers go to the boys, to the boys' graduations, and the mother goes to the girls' graduations. This was his discussion. In the middle, he puts in this, this sentence. He says, Halachically, there's nothing wrong. Halachically, there's nothing wrong with, seeing, with having a girl uh, getting up and, and saying a valedictorium address. But he says, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's proper. On the bottom, there's a little star and says these words. There is nothing wrong, period. There is nothing wrong, period. These words, and period is not, not a dot. Period. There is nothing wrong, period. The school that my, that my children learn have outstanding classical mechanchim, and if they do it, they know what they're doing. There's nothing wrong, period. Nothing bothered me about, about, what was, about this discussion, besides one word, period. What does period mean? Now, let, let me explain to you. Let me explain to you what, 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 what the discussion will be. We in our lives, and I'm going to discuss the problem of sneers. The problem of sneers in particular. Even though the discussion is on a lot of other, other, other things, but I want to talk about sneers. Every person sitting here for sure, and even myself, I Baruch Hashem have daughters, I Baruch Hashem have a wife. Now we, we make decisions. We make decisions of tzniyas. Now Hilchas tzniyas is not brought down on Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch does not talk inches, how many inches above the knee or below the knee, how many inches above the fingers or below the fingers. I, the, it could be I'm, a, I'm not learned. My sister's Angazunt. I have a, I have a brother-in-law. My sister's husband. My brother-in-law is a Talmud Chochum Muflik. 
he's a, a Magid Shir in Riverdale Yeshiva. And my sister was just in Eretz Yisrael two weeks ago. And uh, she was walking Mayor Sharm. She was walking Mayor Sharm. And a Chesidashi guy goes over to her and gives her a piece of paper implying that she's going with princes. She's a... And she said, what did I do now? She was wearing a, a long shaitl. She was wearing a long shaitl. You're going with princes. Now, uh, does anyone here know a Hilchah's Shaitl in, in, in Shulchan Aruch? <laughs> I have nothing against long Shaitlach. I have nothing against them. If anyone here is wearing a long Shaitl, that's not my subject. My sister wears a long Shaitl. My sister is a bigger Tzadikah. If, if she's a Tzadikah, I'm not a, she's a Tzadikah. She's Taka Tzadikah. And Baruch Hashem, I have five sisters. Four live in the United States, one live in Yerushalayim. My sister in Yerushalayim wouldn't be caught dead in the long shaitl. And all my four sisters, each one of them, Russia yeshivas, G'dayla Yisrael, Talmidei Chachamim, wear long shaitl. And there's nothing wrong with it. Right? So if I will ask you, what's Yelena, there's nothing wrong with it. Now you made a decision. On what is this decision based? That's the question I'm asking. On what do we base our decisions? What? On what we like? On the surroundings. On the surroundings. On the atmosphere. Can we deny on what we like? We're Jewish. Huh. We, we would love to go to the movies. I promise you. I promise you. Let me, let me finish. I promise you. Let me finish. I promise you that every person sitting over here, if you take a pin and you stick your finger, then... then uh, put the milk. Buttermilk is not going to come out, right? We're all human. We don't do what we like. We have a Torah. We're Jewish. We're Yiddish. We learned in Beis Yankif, or we learned in, in today. Today we learn. Today we 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 learn Torah. We don't know what we like. We remember there's a Torah, but at the same time, at the same time, we make decisions. And the decisions are based on our surroundings. We take in consideration what we heard from our elders. We take in consideration what's going on. And we make, we make decisions. Am I right? And on this is based hundreds of decisions that we make every day. We make decisions every day. Now I, tell, I, I will tell somebody, why do you do this and this? Do you know what the answer is? There's nothing wrong with it. And I'm quoting, there's nothing wrong, period. Now, how does he know there's nothing wrong, period? The writer on the top said there's nothing wrong halachically. All right? You can't fight halachically. The writer on the bottom said, we're not talking halachically. I'm not talking halacha. I'm talking Jewish feeling. There's nothing wrong, period. You could say there's nothing wrong in your shtetl. You live in, 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 let's say, you live in, uh, in Indiana. You live in Boston. You live in Bar Park. You live in Williamsburg. But you cannot say period. And here is a very, very important question. How do we really know? Now, you could say there is no absolute truth. I'm I mean, I know this firsthand. 
firsthand. There are things that the Rabbanim and the Rosh Hashivas can be Meicha, and there are things that they can't be Meicha. And the Halacha says, Kishem Shemitzvah Loi Madover Hanishma, Kach Mitzvah Shaloi Loi Madover Sheena Nishma. Not everything. I remember, you understand, today, <laughs> let, let me finish, let me, let, me, let me tell you something. In, in Israel, a new party opened up, you know, you heard of Degel Torah, and they opened up a Kashras. So, you know, you know what the Leitzim say? Everything in this, in this organization of Kashras is Beheksher Shach. And everything in Lakewood is Beheksher Baron Kotler. It's not Beheksher Shach, it's not Beheksher Baron Kotler. The Rabbonim don't have a complete Shlita. And I'm, what you're saying is, of course, right. I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle what you're saying. Of course, that when, when, when there are big piritzes, then the Rabbanim come in. But we cannot say in every particular. Now, let, let, me, just, let me just raise, raise the problem, and then I'll listen, I'll listen to your solutions. Excuse me? Yes. Yes. I wouldn't be here either. <laughs> So what do you mean to say? I don't understand what you're trying to say. Yes, but we make a lot of decisions on our own. We also choose who's going to be our. That's right. Let, let, let me continue. I'd like to. I'd like to tell you something, Rabbi Sai. In today's discussion, I might bring out very po- uh, points, but I suggest whoever doesn't appreciate what, what I'm trying to bring out, listen to the side things. I'm trying to tell you beautiful stories on the side. Listen to the. Listen to the. You know. Sometimes if you don't enjoy the chicken, eat the peas, eat the potatoes. In the time of the of the of the Khorban, people were running away. Now I am not going to discuss halachically. There was a shaila in the Rabbonim, whether it was permitted to take along personal belongings. And many people took along personal belongings. When they ran away on Shabbos. On Shabbos. And the great long personal belongings, and there were a lot of Rabbanon, there were Matir, there were some Rabbanon said not so. Some people went, went absolutely just with their clothes, left the film behind, everything behind. Some people took along personal belongings. Now, I am not going to discuss this point halachically. I'm going to tell you a story. Rabbi Yosef Lis, many of you heard of, of Rabbi Yosef Lis, a, a Yid in Bnei Brak, that much of the Yiddishkeit in America is is on his shoulders. He was in the United States for several years. A big Talmud Chochem. He told me he once asked the Briskerov. He asked the Briskerov, "What heter did we have to take along personal belongings?" And the Briskerov said these words. Again, I'm not speaking halachically. I'm talking about of Hashkofa. The Briskerov said, "Vos meintir." What do you think? As the avir vet fumetchil Shabbos. When the air becomes full with Chil Shabbos, everyone becomes pushed away from their place. When the air becomes full of Chil Shabbos, everyone gets a gets a, a, a shtois. How do you say a shtois? A push. But a shtois is a, a shove. When the air becomes full of Shabbos, Chil Shabbos, everyone gets a shove. The Bolshevikis, the Russian Jews, Nebuchadnezzar Jews, go out and, and, and plow the fields. And the yeshiva man catches a longer shirt when he's running away. Everyone, the, when, when the ear becomes full, everyone becomes penetrated. Now, what is our ear full of, Rabbi Sa? When we walk through the streets, 
Tsnius. Tsnius. Purity. Cleanliness. In New York City. Oh yeah. And when the air becomes full of Tsnius, or the opposite, everyone gets a shove. Are we in a position to make decisions? There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying there is something wrong with it, but how do you know there's nothing wrong with it? Maybe because you 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 crossed through a guy when you were driving, a woman driver, and the guy opened his mouth, and what you heard your grandmother didn't hear in seventy years. And maybe that's maybe 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 it gave you a shove. Maybe it gave you a shove. You didn't become a, you didn't become a shikshah v'shalem. But are we in the position to make decisions? I'm just raising a problem, and I'm going to put a, a, some practical points. Now I'd like to I'd like to show you something. Now please, Rabbi Sai, if anyone has eggs in the pocket, don't throw it at me because I want to continue. <laughs> Yes, you may. Okay. Thank you, Sagar. I've come across many kids and they did the same thing. It's a double park or you're not That's getting drilled. I don't understand what you're trying to say. What are you trying to bring out? Let, let me tell you something. That's not what I'm trying to bring out. I'm trying to bring out that we live in an atmosphere of tumor. Now, let, 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 let me bring you a marshal. Let me bring you a marshal. I davened. I davened on Tisha B'Av in a, in a base Medrash. I can mention the name of the base Medrash. I'm not going to mention it. I can mention it because the phenomenon that I'm going to discuss now is all over. I'm not going to mention it because I'm trying to bring out a negative point and it's not there a heritage because it's a Choshiva Yeshiva. And I davened Tisha B'Av and I walked out and I, and I walked out, and there's a, there's a, uh, a Ezra's, this base Madrish, and there's Ezra's Nashim. And I walked down the steps, and the sidewalk was filled, was, was half men, half women, young ladies, elderly ladies, all standing waiting for their husbands. Now, everyone says, what's wrong? Now, it bothered me. You know why it bothered me? For one reason. I'm not used to it. Where I live, this is impossible. The women should gather with the men are going out. The women should stand there. It's just impossible. Who's right? I don't know. Halachically, I can't show it to you in Shulchan Aruch. Me, it bothered me immensely. Now, in my community, in my community, we built a shul and we put a lot of money to make sure that the step from the Ezra's Nashim is in completely in the other side of the building and no one would dare stand in the, the, the gateway that hundreds of men are going out and stand and Koshka, an 18 year old girl it bothered me just for one reason I'm not used to it you people are used to it there's nothing wrong with it now the question is what got us used to it? Is it, did, did, did the Rosh Hashivas teach us that? Or maybe it's 13th Avenue that taught us that? Or the entrance of the, the shul. Or the entrance of the exit of the shul, but, that, but that's the first place how the shul is built. Now here, I read the Jewish Observer. 
They could wait across the street. Now, I'm not telling you to wait across the street. Rebetzin, look. Rebetzin, look. I am trying to introduce a, 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 a... I'm not trying... You're being Malamad's chus. I'm not even saying anything's wrong with it. Did I say anything wrong with it? I didn't say anything wrong with it. I just... I'm not used to it. That's what I said. I'm not being Malamad's chus. Yes. The wife and husband gets together. That the wife, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me explain to you. When I was, the place that I'm discussing happened to be a yeshiva. A yeshiva is 70% bachrim. They don't have wives. Now every bachrim has to see, his, has to, has to see, the, has to see all, the, all the girls in the street. Well, it's a good way for shiduchim. I'm not saying, I'm not against it. It's not, I'm not against it. So all the girls are standing there. So the young man will cross the street and each find his own wife. You understand? Now, if, again, if if it's something which is accepted, then then you might search there shalom bayis. You have to let it because she's offended. If that's the minigamadina, if that's customary, then no one is offended. No one is offended. Now again, I'm not. I'm now here. Here's another case. A fellow writes in the Jewish Observer. There is nothing wrong with a man, a talmud chacham. He's talking about a talmud chacham going to a graduation and seeing. 50, 14 year old girls marching down an aisle, listening while they sing, having one of them getting up and saying a drusher, and there's nothing wrong, period. Uh, I'm sorry, let's get the singing. Having a valedictorian, having a speech, there's nothing wrong, period. Now, I'm not saying there's something wrong. I just like to know who, who put down this period. On what basis is this period? And I'm worried. Now let me explain to you. There's something very deep here. We have a certain balance. We have certain balance, right? Balance, balance is like making it an average. You know how average works. It's it's been it's been a, a long time, but I think my teacher taught me in the, in the sixth grade. I think it's been a long time. My teacher taught me how to make an average. Let's say you have different numbers. You have 50, 45, 70, 79. You take the numbers together and you add them up and you divide them by three in our case, right? So let's say you have 20 numbers ranging from 20 till 50. You with me? Ranging from 20 to 50. And you have a certain average. One of the numbers is two and a half million. That's one number. You know what he does to your average? <laughs> he pulls the average way out. He's a mechutzif, right? He's just one number. He's a very small part of you, but he pulls the average way out. In other words, that when you have something extreme, he ruins your whole balance. Now, we are living in a country. Now, all the people sitting here, all the Yiddish kind in this country, are within a certain, <coughs> within a certain, Ms. Garrett, how do you say that? Within a certain uh, framework. But we come across, we encounter phenomena that are so extreme that I am suggesting that they completely unbalance us. 
I want to tell you a story. Now I'm 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 afraid it's going to start, uh, but <laughs> slow, slow. Uh, I'm running home to Beis Hashem uh, either before Shabbos or after Shabbos. I'm not afraid. I just <laughs> no one's going to find me. I want to tell you a story. In the Knesia Gedolah, in the the Knesia Gedolah, there was hundreds and thousands of Yidden, and there was an Ezra's Noshim. There's this notion was high up in a balcony, and there was a machitza of boards way above the head of the women. <coughs> Came Hasidic Shayyidin. As you know, the Hasidic Knesset Gedaila was Litvisha and Hasidic all together. And they said, You have to finish the machitza till the ceiling. It's not enough that the machitza was ten, 10 feet tall. And if you have, you understand, Oigma Lechaboshin's wife couldn't see over. You have to finish it till the ceiling. Just dafka so that they shouldn't be able to hear anything. You have to, because, you know, I, I, I don't know the story. Why do you have to finish it till the ceiling? You have to finish the machita till the ceiling. And if not, it's princess. And the, and the little Shabbana said, what do you want? If, if it's between them and the ceiling, a little, a little, a little, uh, they can hear what's going on. You're not going to see them. You're not going to hear them. And they decided to ask the Chofetz Chaim. They decided to ask the Chofetz Chaim. And the Chofetz Chaim said as follows: On all our various in the Torah, on all Tumas in the Torah, it says, "Ani Hashem shoychein itam b'seich tum asam." I am Hashem, I rest within their tumor. Hashem is in, is with us on the, our worst situations. On one of their, it says, If I see erva, if I see unmodesty, then I go away. There is one thing that could chase the Shekhinah away, which is when it's not Tzniyas. Since Hashroya Sashchina, the presence of Hashem, or non-presence of Hashem, is depending on this, there is no end to what extreme to go in this subject. This is what the Chavetz Chaim said. Now here we're going to an opposite extreme. Chavetz Chaim says, on this subject, extreme. Now I have another question. We discuss now how to walk out of shul. Does anybody have an opinion? I'm sure we all have opinions. And our opinions are based on what we're used to. Could you imagine if any of, of, of the women here, or myself, if we were born in Kelim, did any of you hear the town, the town of Kelim? There's a town called Kelim. But Chelem, we all know of Chelem. You know what Chelem was? Chelem was a town of great, great wise sages, Tamidah Chachamim. And they had enemies who turned them into, into a, a marshal of foolish people. But I'm not talking about Chelem. Chelem was also There was a town called Kelem. Kelem was a yeshiva called Beis Talmud. The Alta Mekelem, Sabi Mekelem, the Bissim Chazis Ziv, who was a Gvaldik Tzadik, had a yeshiva in Kelem. 
The mashgiach Rabbi Yerucham. Did you ever hear Rabbi Yerucham Lubavitz, mashgiach of Mary Yeshiva? Mashgiach Rabbi Yerucham said that when I came to kill him, now we're talking about someone who my father is Angazun to learn by him. I'm not talking six generations ago. I'm not talking seven generations. I'm talking about someone who did talking about a story. Reb Nossam Vachtvegel. Do you know what Reb Nossam Vachtvegel is? He learned in Kelim. Now what I'm going to tell you, he didn't see. But in Kelim, 30, 40 years before Reb Nossam Vachtvegel Zangazunt, in Kelim, the men and the women, Goyim or Jews, walked on two sides of streets. Now, if, if, if any of us would have been brought up in Kelim, that's normality. That's normal. The people in Kelim lived happy lives. They weren't, they weren't Meshigia. That was life. That was life. That was accepted. Now, in Reform temples, they tell you it's insulting and it's degrading. My English is, is, is poor. To have to walk into the shul and the men downstairs and the women upstairs and they really feel insulted you know why because they're not used to it they really feel insulted and if I were to introduce certain things here you people would be insulted because you're not used to it everything is a shadow of what you're used to and the question that I'm trying to raise is we all of us make so many decisions in particulars and in cloud. Now cloud, I'm not going to discuss now, but particulars. Now don't get angry at me. I'm going to tell you something else. I live in a town called Ofakim. I live in a town called Ofakim. My bio. Excuse me? Wait, where is Ofakim? Ofakim is near Beersheba. Near Tifra, five minutes away from Tifra. What time? What time? Huh? Jewish time. Jewish time. I live in a town called Ofakim. And we, Baruch Hashem, like all of you, have simchis and I want to tell you a phenomenon a fact again I have nothing against it but here I'm not talking about something until now I discussed things which is negate to the tzibur as a cloud to the tzibur as a cloud and this, the Rebetzin who, who was a friend of my mother says we have Rosh Hashivas and I didn't come here to try to make changes but I'm going to bring you a, a point as a prat I just want to tell you a, a fact. Again, I am not criticizing. I'm just telling you a fact. I, 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 I came tonight to intellectually discover a pro discuss a problem. On what basis are our decisions on the most important, on the most important, on the most important fundamental of Judaism for women, which is Tzniyas. The guy in Vilna, when he writes a letter to his mother, he writes, Ahuvasi Ivi, my dear mother, I know you don't need my Musr Kitsunuaat. He doesn't tell his mother you're a Tzadikis. And the Gemara says, A person gets a Shidduch according to his deeds. Rashi says, What's a good Shidduch? 
Tznua L'Tzadik. Rashi doesn't say Tzadikis L'Tzadik. Because the, if, because the parallel to a tzaddik is a tznur. Excuse me? Of course. That's the, of course, because that's it. That's the foundation of Yiddishkeit for the women. So I'm just trying to raise a problem. I'm just trying to discuss intellectually a problem. And I'm not going to tell you who to do about the problem. I'm just saying we make so many achlotas. So many decisions in the subject of sneers, which is the most important subject in our lives. Can I mention something? I think I, should, I think I should think it's enough for tonight. Mm-hmm. But a, a teacher of mine, she happens to, to be by nature very sneezy. And this is part of her amogashi. She went on Bikaholi and she wore black. She only wears very dark clothes. And she wore black dress and black stockings, black shoes, and there was a hot deal at church booth there. And they went up to her and they said, What does that got to do with sneers? I just had to get my shoe. The tagid, you know? No, but anything that calls. Who's talking about the Goyim? Let's discuss it. I don't know if it's matters. I'm talking about Yidin walking to a different side. You don't think it matters if we walk to a different side of the street? I'm saying that was that 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 was the norm. That was the norm. So the Goyim didn't make the norm. Who wasn't the Goyim made the norm? It was the Yidin who made the norm. The, it was a Yiddish town, and the Goyim, a woman wouldn't dare go on the Gachman where all the men were. Now I just want I just want to mention two more things, and with this I'm going to finish and then run away. <laughs> because I, I see I'm starting up, I'm starting I'm going to become too serious. I just want to tell you these two facts. Where I live in Ofakim, I noticed the phenomenon, which is a fact. You can say good or bad, you can say whatever you want, but it's a fact. On Hanukkah, I am some by 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 by. In the, considered the rabbi of the, of the community and everyone made a Hanukkah party and that's my job that's all I had to do to go from Hanukkah party to Hanukkah party from Hanukkah party to Hanukkah party that's how you take a job that's right I have to be by the Hanukkah parties and Baruch Hashem I go and I say drushes and, and we have a community of beautiful learned Tamil Chachomim and uh, how should I say, 90% of them are Israelis and they're Americans now when I walk into the house and again, I am not criticizing I am not criticizing when I walk into the house and I sit by the table if it's an Israeli family I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so, so grand about Israel I'm an, I'm an American the man will come and say, eat latkes have some cake have soda. He's the host. If it's an American family, the woman standing by the door, saying hello to all the men that walk in, walking over, eat latkes, have my cake. Did you enjoy my cooking? I'm saying a fact. Good or bad, you can say whatever you want. It's a fact. Now, whose decision is this? Whose decision is this? I don't know. Is it 
is it uh, the godl of the of Eretz Yisrael was the briskarav and the godl of America was the baron cutler? Is it a machlek between the baron cutler and the briskarav? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I am I am suggesting maybe it's Jesse Jackson, who has an impact on us. But the Rambam says teva hadam nimshachachas vivov, and the briskarav said everyone gets a shove. Everyone gets a shove. Until that we in the most beautiful, beautiful Tznistika families also get a shot. Now I'm, this is the end of my, of my criticism. Now I'm going to, I see a hand there, but let me just finish. I just want to say two things. Two halachalamai suggestions. I suggest, I suggest two suggestions. First of all, there's a famous marshal. There's a famous marshal. If you see a fish going down the river, if the river is going and is going along with the river, he might be living, he might be dead. <laughs> if he's going against the current, he is living. Now, if we go with the current because that is our decision, it doesn't mean we're dead. We have to be worried. If we make decisions and we say, there's nothing wrong with it, did you think of anything wrong with it? I once ca- I, this this Rebbeisif list. I'll just tell you a little word. Rebbeisif list was in my parents' house. It wasn't my house. No, it wasn't my house. And there was a little three-year-old girl, a four-year-old girl. It wasn't my sister. It would be my sister. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mention. And the thought, the the, the, the mommy of the little girl said, "Say shalom aleichem." And Abiyasifli said to me, he didn't say it to the mother. That's Chinuch. You should say, Medele, go hide. There are people coming in. Go hide. Now, what's what's the right way to do? In New York they say like that. In Kalem hundred years ago, they said different. Are we able? Now if we say there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with little three year old saying, saying Shalom Aleichem to the guest. Is there anything wrong with it? I have no idea. I know in the Gorelic family, a two and a half year old girl, I heard this from the family, I heard this from the brothers, a two and a half year old girl, the parents didn't say anything, ran over to the Baron Cutler and gave a hand. And the Baron almost fainted. He mummish lost himself. He pushed it. He didn't know to do himself. He just jumped and he, he, didn't know, he didn't know where to throw himself. And the maiden was not three years old. Now if my maiden would go over to, uh, to Adam Darbam and say Shalom Aleichem, I would say, there's nothing wrong with it. Is there anything wrong with it? I don't know. But I have to say, did I think it out? Or am I a dead fish going along with the current? Did I think it? Do I think, do I know what sneers is? How precious is this diamond? What is sneers? Sneers means that if you have something precious, you hide it. Sometimes a diamond can be stolen. Sometimes a diamond can get a stain. It depends how precious, how shining it is. How precious are my daughters? That I, and to what extent should I hide them? Did I discuss it? Did I think it? Or am I just going along with, 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 with everyone else? 
Now what I suggest is that we be worried. We are living in a country that the lowness of civilization, of society is atrocious. I today, and I'm telling you, I'm leaving up my nerves in you. I had to renew my license today. And I stood an hour along the motor vehicles and I can't describe what I saw. It was the wrong line. I had Baruch Hashem. After an hour, I Baruch Hashem, I took care of it. Baruch Hashem, I got a bracha from a big rabbi. I'm lucky, huh? I'm lucky that, I, that, that, I'm, that I'm here now. And if I'll open my mouth to tell you what I saw, you understand, that, that, then you say, oh, please, please, right? Leave it alone. So let us decide. We don't necessarily have to live in the United States of America. We can live in Turin. And we can make decisions. And we can make our own decisions. But let us think. Let us think for ourselves. And if necessary, let us swim against the current. It's not easy. But who, who created this current? This current, of course, is created by B'nai Torah. But there is such extreme tumor in the atmosphere that we live that it ruined our balance. It ruined our society. Things that don't even occur to us that there might be something wrong. There might be other people from other countries that aren't used to it. might think there's something very, very wrong. Let us live by ourselves. You can live in Mitzrayim and not be in Mitzrayim. I'm not saying to live by yourself. I'm saying to think by yourself. To isolate yourself. Think by yourself. Think by yourself. You can think by yourself. But the first thing you can do is think. When you go on the bus and you're 100 people, you're by yourself. You, you go into the mountains, who are you going? I'm going by myself. You're going by yourself? There are 60 people on the bus. You're going by yourself. A person's mind is a great Rishus Hayochid. You know what Rishus Hayochid is? You can think by yourself. And I'm not saying to go Meshigan. That is not what I'm suggesting. But not to just be carried by the current. Now, when we talk about overall cholesterol things, you're not supposed to go sugar. Absolutely not. But certain little points of chinuch, certain little points of sneers in our everyday life, that we take liberties and we say, there's nothing wrong with nothing wrong with nothing wrong with it. Let us think for ourselves and let us govern our lives. We are not supposed to be robots. And we're not dead fish. And I'm just posing a, 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 a problem. That we in this country should realize the problem exists. The problem exists. And these are the two points I try to point out today. First of all, Torah. Learning Torah. This will always remain pure. And second of all, let us think. Let us think. I see that hand is going up. Would you please tell us what you want to ask? No, she didn't forget. Please, please. I talk loud. I can't hear you. Um... Can I, uh, can I answer the, can I answer the, the, the... There were two, there were two problems raised by this, by this uh, listener that I think, uh, well, I think they were addressed to me, so I'm supposed to answer? <laughs> huh? Alright. 
Now, the, 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 second, uh, the second outburst, I don't think that I'm going to answer. I don't think it's necessary to answer. I don't think that uh, I'm going to give Musa to you people about uh, not taking care of Agunas because I, is anyone here who sits in a basin? I mean, I ho- d- depends the audience you're talking to. I mean, th- this audience should, should, should be discussed, uh, b- bigger, bigger problems. But I'm talking about this audience. Now, now, uh, now we, we, have, we have our problems when Rabbanim talk. So get get up and talk to Rabbanim. Tell the Rabbanim that they, that they should they should watch him call. But we're, we're talking to women now. But I'd like to, I'd like to discuss the first the first point you talked about. You said that's Torah. Now let me. That, this is a very important point. And let me clarify with the answer on what you had raised. The truth is that you are not the first one to discuss it. The first one was the the the, the, the Rebbe sitting over here, and saying what are the Rabbanim say? What are the Rosh Hashivas say? And let me answer very clearly. We in Judaism have a very clear-cut Torah. We have 613 commandments. We have a Gemara. We have a Shulchan Aruch. After our Gemara, and after our Shulchan Aruch, and after our Mishnah Brura, which explains everything in so much particular, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the Torah in a way, in the way, that every individual finds his own understanding, finds expression to his own self. Even in halachas as clear as Shabbos, even in halachas as clear as Hilchus Brochus, which is clear cut halachas, you'll ask two Rabbanim, they'll tell you in many, many cases, they'll tell you different halachas. Because that's the beauty of Torah. Torah has a way of pulling both sides. Mitzat Echod, we are dictated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mitzat Sheini, we are not robots. We are given a way to use our own expression. Every Yid keeps Shabbos differently. It's astounding. Every Yid has a different esrig. If I walk into a shul, and I go to, to, you walk into a shul on Sukkot. If I would have to pick out a lulav, not from the, from the market of lulavim, that I can't find a lulav. I have to pick it from the shul where people are already using lulavim. I would say, there's no kosher lulav here for me. And the guy across me says, let's look at your lulav. He says, this lulav is not kosher for me, and this is not kosher for me, not kosher. This is the beauty of Torah. The beauty of Torah is that everyone has alongside the fact that we are dictated by a Kaddish Baruch Hu with such clear-cut halachas, there is always room for a person to find his own personality in Torah. And it's the most beautiful, when you, when you learn Torah a little bit, you see how beautiful it is. It's based on halacha. The same is true when you have a certain minhig, and you are going to a certain das Torah, even after the das Torah, there are many decisions that you make on your own. That that's Torah does not tell you. After you decide, let's say, let's, let's bring a marshal, for instance, if you're going to wear a long shaitl or not going to wear a long shaitl. Let's say, right? Now, in Israel today, it's not accepted by many, many chugim, of Litvisha chugim, right? In America, it's lachatchila shabalachatchila. But long shaitl is also there, long and as long and as long and as long. Understand? Etc., etc. Even after you have certain klalim of, of dress, of sneers, now let's say a marshal, let's say what I was discussing before. When the, when, when, if you daven the Ezra's notion, and someone wants to wait for their husband. And we don't, we don't have to go across the street. 
You can stand in the middle of the sidewalk. You can walk to the side. And everyone is different. One woman will walk to the side. One woman will stand in the middle, etc., etc. One woman will go a little backwards. These are your own decisions. And this is what I'm talking about. And I am telling you, my dear Rebetzin, there is no way that the Rabbanon will turn the Jewish people into, into, into robots that they won't make the decisions. After all, all the Kakonis, the Rabbanon should get together, there will always be a difference of exactly how to interpret because the beauty of Torah. Because if you go according to the Rabbanon, right, then what are you? You're not a human being. You're, 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 you're an animal. Excuse the expression. The sheep go according to the shepherd. The Jewish people always had the individuality of the of the person. Always. After all the takonis, you'll have a decision. And you'll go, I'm not saying to go against, you'll go, you'll go with that story. you mechanach your children. Now you understand that when a rabbi comes in, an 18 year old daughter of yours will not go and say hello. And you will understand, a two-year-old daughter will come say hello. Now from 18 to 2, where do you cut? That's the problem. And no rabbi can teach you this. And if that's true, if that's true, my dear Rebetzin, then I have Rachmanish on that Rav, because that Rav is going to be henpecked by thousands of Shilas. We have thousands of decisions every day. Thousands. In Sneas, in Shabbos, in Davening, in Kashris. We make thousands of decisions. And it's impossible to be governed by a Rav. Even someone whose husband's a Rav. Baruch Hashem, I'm, I'm, I'm called, I'm not a Rav. When my wife asked me a shayla, I tell her to call up, we have, we have a, a, someone who passed a shayla, I don't pass a shayla, I tell her to, to go to the phone. But she asked me shaylas, but she makes decisions, she makes decisions. She makes decisions in the kitchen, all kinds of possible things which she, she wasn't told explicitly. She makes decisions. She crushes chicken, she makes decisions. She goes to the store, she makes decisions, and you make decisions, we all make decisions. We are not, we're not, we're not dead, we're living. And Kodesh Baruch Hu set us up that way. And I'm just suggesting, not go against us, within the framework that we live in, let us think for a moment on our own selves, and let us realize that we live in a contaminated environment to an extent which is unbelievable and unnatural. It is absolutely unnatural how, how, how civilization deteriorated. It's unbelievable. It's unnatural, unbelievable. And we have to be worried that it penetrates us. And let us think for a moment. Think. And put in our own machshove. And today I started about sneers. You could talk about davening, whatever you want. What bothered me today was sneers because I came from the motor vehicle. That's why it bothered me. And I want to go home. Everybody say any more questions? Have a good train. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure.